So, like, I get vanilla, cherry. We're talking Sam Houston 14 here. A lot of oak. That's what I had heard about it. What is that? What's in my mouth? <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm going to let it breathe a little bit. Some sort of spice. It's a spice, but I don't know what it is. All right. Um, all right, man. Go for it. With the intro? Yep. Yeah, Just rock it. Let me take one more drink. All right. Welcome to the first ever episode of Fourth Dram and Goal. We're bringing you into our virtual man cave. We're going to talk whiskey. We're going to talk sports. And we're going to sure as heck pretend like we know what we're talking about the whole time. I'm your host, Kurt, and I've got my buddy Dick here. Say hi, Dick. What? I don't get to be co-host? Well, fuck me then. Anyway, so we're going to do our best not to sound like asses on this podcast. Pretty sure we're already off to a good start with that. Hey, we can edit it out. So uh, we're bringing this podcast to you. We are two dudes from Texas. Grew up uh, knowing each other pretty well. Same city. And then as we got older, we grew a very, very big uh, found love and affection for whiskey, all things whiskey. And, well, we've always loved sports. So much easier when we're drunk and just bullshitting. We'll just keep drinking. Hmm. Okay. All right. Welcome to Fourth Dram and Gold, the show where we're going to talk sports, we're going to talk whiskey, and we're going to pretend like we know a little bit about both those things. This is the first ever episode. I'm your host, Kurt, and I've got my co-host, Dick, here. And what we are doing is we want to talk to you about all things sweet, sweet golden nectar whiskey. Uh, sometimes it'll be expensive. Sometimes it won't be expensive. We're going to talk a lot more about sports, which you can go ahead and judge us on that because we're not going to be good at that portion of it. But, oh, well, we'll try our best. Dick, you want to chime in at all? Speak for yourself on the sports piece. I know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, no, I think your, your call out about the sweet, sweet golden brown nectar of the gods is point on. Um, just to give a little bit about uh, Kurt and I, we uh, um, spent a lot of time together um, growing up, and we both share an affinity for both whiskey and sports. We live here in the great state of Texas, um, and we want to pair our two passions together and really bring you some knowledge, some entertainment. Hopefully, at the end of the day, we want to fuse those passions, and if you're not a bourbon fan already but a sports fan, we can help you bring into the world and vice versa. So right back to you, Kurt. Yes, I can say that unlike us, our tastes have matured. Uh, we shared plenty of cheap beer through college, and we've happened to have matured over the years, and now we buy some very, very good whiskey, and we're going to have fun talking about it. And if you walk into a liquor store, see a bottle we mentioned, and grab it because of that, we've done our job. Indeed, and don't forget to mention the cheap whiskey we drink. Um, oh, there's going to be a, a combination of both. <laughs> Indeed, there goes. So, Kurt, I'll go ahead and kick us off with our first little micro segment here. What is in your glass tonight? Well, I went ahead and grabbed Maker's Mark 101. Uh, I did that for the sole purpose to compare it to another old faithful of mine, and that's Maker's Mark Castray. Uh, this is a limited edition, so it's been all over the whiskey blogs lately, and it's kind of had mixed reviews. It's been uh, hit or miss for some people. I am, I'm a big Maker's Mark fan. I'm not going to lie. 
just because you can walk into a store every day and grab something does not mean it's not good. And you need to find that out as soon as possible if you're one of those people that just goes out there looking for rare bottles. Because we're not going to be talking about that all the time. We're going to be talking about the things that you can grab (laughs) on any given day uh, most of the time on this show. Sometimes we do get our hands on some things that are very special. and, And if you see it out there, oh, it'll be worth it. For sure. I think that's a, a great point to make. At the end of the day, most of us don't have a unlimited budget and time to drive around all day hunting bourbon. But really what we want to focus on is, hey, when you see that one bottle that you've heard us talk about, grab it or don't grab it. If it's what's the price per pour, you know, what's that value going to look like to you as a consumer? But at the end of the day, we're really just trying to hear, have fun, give you a little laugh. My buddy Kurt here has some really good riffs and anecdotes to add to the conversation. So I'm sure he'll delight us with a few of those today. We'll kind try. Of, uh, you always try and you always succeed, sir. If I'm not laughing with you, I'm definitely laughing at you. What about you, Dick? What do you got in your glass tonight? You know what I got? I got a little lucky today. So um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I splurged. Get into a, a segment we'll talk about later in the, uh, in the podcast about uh, coming home and telling my wife about how much I spent on this bottle. Uh, which wasn't an insane amount, but when you add up all three together, it was pushing that 200 mark. So, well, I hope you enjoy <laughs> the couch tonight, there, buddy. Oh, I always do. It's uh, actually just getting some new couches and be quite. That's comfy. true too. But to answer your question, I'm quit rambling here. I have Sam Houston 14. So, uh, Kurt, you and I have heard all of the blogs, the Facebook posts, the YouTube videos, the whole nine yards that this is supposed to be. A 2020, as many would say, hitter. But uh, I have... <laughs> Lucky son of a bitch. You let me go oh, ahead and introduce our show that everyone can go in and grab a bottle and then you hit me with this shit? Oh. Dude, I was standing there and there were 10 in the case and they don't they did not have a limit to it. So, 10 in the case. Um, in the you case. have one good friend. Weird. <laughs> one who, good friend who lives three and a half hours away and due to our current COVID environment, it's kind of hard to get together. Very but true, very uh, true. no, it's uh, yeah, I know I've, I've opened it up. Um, you know, I've, I've got the, the neck right now in the glass, beautiful color, nice amber. I mean, what you'd expect the nose, you got a lot of vanilla, cherry, a little bit of cinnamon in there. You know, when I taste it, that first bit, uh, really oak, a lot of spice. I mean, have your classic vanilla hints in there. Okay, the, okay, what a, okay. Let's uh, let's say, uh, let us uh. Keep some secrets for us for later. Let it grow on you. Don't give us it all. <laughs> give it all away right now. All right. Let's keep some excitement for the end of the show. Oh, trust me, I will come back to that Sam Houston 14. You're gonna bitch about it all night, aren't you? Probably. I am <laughs> quite a bit jealous. Um, what were ha- what happened to be those other two bottles that you got your hands on? Dude, I've already drank so much I forgot. Hold on. Sounds promising. I got the High West American Prairie Bourbon. So it's something I've been looking to grip put my hands on for a while and. You and I have recently had some conversations about High West and their, their products. And then the Iron Root Harbinger, right? That's how you say it. Uh, and that is the, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Let is, me just mention that I got the bourbon of the year. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Oh, just that <laughs> third bottle yeah. I grabbed. It's uh, edition 20C, and it's 32 months aged. So um, we'll get into that a little bit, too, in some later podcasts. But uh, How many bottles of that were there on the shelf? There was one, one. Oh, yeah. So if you live in the great state of Texas like us, you can walk into your local Specs or uh, Twin Liquors. But Specs tends to have a allocated shelf, right? The stuff that's not truly allocated, where they have to call you, but it's the stuff that's hard to find. But 
I'm just going to stand on the soapbox for just a second. Love specs, love what they do. Most of the people there are great. But that allocated shelf does not always have good stuff on it. So be very careful what you grab off of there. Sometimes it's just what they're trying to clear the shelves on. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about some of those items, I'm sure, later as well. Well, that is an awesome grab. That, uh, that is a bottle from the fine state of Texas up there in the Dallas area. I heard they're doing really, really good things. And when you get a bourbon of the year in one of your first batches, I mean, that's exciting stuff. Uh, it's been Maker's Mark lately. Uh, like I said, I've bragged about it. Uh, it's an old friend of mine. Went to it plenty, plenty of times. And I will continue to do so in the future. If you are uh, going to continue listening to us, which I hope you plan to do, if you've already left by now, well, that's your fault. Um, you will find that Buffalo Trace is also a big go-to for me and Dick. And we will talk about several of their different kinds of bottles that they make. All right, let's get into some sports, buddy. Yeah, so first uh, segment we have up on the block, we moved it up because of the great game last night. Let's talk about the NBA Finals. Let's talk about the bubble. Let's talk about was Adam Silver the greatest mind in this sports world? I mean, you couldn't have started off with anything better. I don't know if I'd say great game. At one point, it was a 34-point game, but, I mean, it was a finals game. It was awesome. Um, and And the bubble, I mean, how can you not? I just sit there and brag about that for a while. The way that they pulled that three-month project off without really any glitches. Yeah, you had some guys sneak out to a strip club in a different state, and you, you had other guys possibly, you know, bragging about what rooms they had compared to others. But other than that, other than those minor details, it, it was – details. It, it seemed – no, he went for the chicken wings. It's okay. <laughs> it seemed – to be just flawless, and it ended with a perfect exclamation point last night with the LeBron James winning a fourth NBA Finals championship along with Anthony Davis. I mean, did you happen to catch any of that game? Uh, I caught a little bit here and there. Um, I think my favorite shot of the game, not really the fan creations afterwards, but Rondo sitting on the floor with his son, um, you know, just in the, in the confetti. Uh, that was a pretty special moment, but I really think that with everything that happened this year to the Lakers, it couldn't be more of a poetic um, win. I think the only thing I could really say, sports history, that immediately hits me next to that is the Patriots winning the Super Bowl after 9-11. Kind of, mm. I, I really I could say poetic again again, but that's probably the best description for it. Rajon Rondo, talk about a guy that doesn't look like he has aged one bit, not winning a final. Not finals. one bit. Hasn't won his fi- a final since 2008. Eight, I believe, could have been 2007 with the Boston Celtics. And then he just went vintage Rondo last night. 19 points, he looked good. And it looked um, like the Lakers made it look just real easy last night. But doesn't take away from the season that the Heat had. I mean, Tyler Hero, what a story. Came out of nowhere. Jimmy Butler, Mr. Dependable. I just love the guy that he's become since he was with the Bulls. I mean, he's he's such a character now. He kind of. Looking like a, a guy on the Bulls that didn't even talk to you after a game. Now he's Mr. Fun. He's in commercials. I love it. I think they're going to do good things in the future, especially if they can land a big free agent this uh, year, which I'm not going to say who my NBA team is because I don't want to lose viewers just yet. But it's going to be talked about all week. Okay, so I think it'll be talked we'll about longer than a week. Absolutely. But we're going to go ahead and start this off. 
is LeBron James the GOAT or is still Air Jordan? I'm going to let you start this one off. I think that that argument can't be fully decided until LeBron decides to hang it up. I, I think at this point in time, you still look at MJ. You can look at, you know, watch the uh, the special that came out on Netflix or ESPN first and then Netflix um, this year. And I think it really drives home to a younger generation how special Jordan was. Um, but when you look at them like, you know, pound for pound, they're different players, right? But their mentality and their mindfulness for the game and holding each other accountable, essentially being that, that floor general, if you will, really is, there's no one else in their class, in my opinion. I mean, we could go down the little list of greats, but there's just nobody like them. But I, I think if LeBron can continue to do, if he gets one more, it's a really, really hard, con- let's say he gets one more and he retires. That's a, that's a conversation for generations, right? If he gets two more, he's the GOAT. And I, I would say this because you cannot, obviously, there's very few who have six rings, but multiple rings with multiple, well, I'm sorry, multiple rings with three different teams, that makes you the GOAT. That makes you the common denominator that you cannot put the argument around the team made you better, um, or the team won the championship with you. You won the championship. You did it six times with three different teams. Okay. Okay. So what I think this did is everyone always had LeBron in, on their basketball Mount Rushmore. That was never a question. It was, right. it was always, Oh, he's in my Mount Rushmore. I think what this win yesterday does is it makes it the conversation. That's it. It's not Mount Rushmore anymore. It's not, you know, if you go back to the days of Bill Russell, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is a totally other conversation and a completely different game. I think it's him and Michael. You know, who is the Tom freaking Brady of basketball? Who's the GOAT? Now, here's the thing. Everyone goes back to the rings and goes to the rings and goes to the rings. I like it and I don't like it. I like it now because I think that they're so close that you have to pick their their careers, every little stat, stat, every little detail now that you're looking for those ones that stick out. So I think now the, the six rings to four rings is very relevant. I still don't like it. I still don't think that you should sit there and if you if we've gotten to a point where if you tell me LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time, I'll understand and I won't put up as much as a fight. But as a kid of the 90s, as a kid who had the jersey, the deodorant, the cologne, the Space Jam with the little coin, I mean, I was a Michael Jordan kid. And I will say this, LeBron has lost several of these finals, okay? And every time he loses one, you know, he gets kicked around and beat up until he wins another one. But did you happen to see the documentary? Over, you know, what was it this summer when we needed something? We needed the last dance. We needed the country needed something. Did you see that? I did. I did. That's what I was referring to either earlier, rather. Um, that story, I, I think, really makes what you're saying that compelling argument where it's not generations arguing. It really puts it in forefront of, let's say, the younger generation who didn't watch him play, who didn't have his deodorant. Okay. You know? And you get to now, put that one to one comparison. Okay, now the one thing I will say about that documentary, it was awesome. It was wonderful. But one thing that it did do, 
and I think it did it for the younger viewers, is it talked about the supersonic series like it was so close and it was exciting. And it talked about these series with the jazz. Oh, it was it was so close. It was tough. Were they going to win? Were they not going to win? That was all. I mean, nobody thought the Bulls were going to lose those series. It was never that close. It was Michael Jordan was going to win the championship no matter what. And that may just be 10, 11-year-old me talking. But, I mean, let's face it. LeBron's gone into some of these finals where you just said, no, they're not the team. And and basically, you can put the last two series against the Warriors. You did not think they were going to win. Michael Jordan never went into a finals. I take that back. I, I'll pause right there because I was a little young for the series against the Lakers and the Suns and, and the Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. But the and ones all the Eastern in- Conference finals? Yeah, but the ones against the Supersonics and the Jazz, no. There was no Yeah, but I'm talking Pistons. I'm talking Celtics. Well, yeah, but I'm not, all right? (laughs) I'm talking. (laughs) I mean, we don't sit here and we don't talk about who did LeBron play in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, every year. We don't have that argument. Now, everyone, of course, remembers the performance he put where he put, you know, 20-something straight points up in the, the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pistons. You know, and that was a great moment, but we're not going to be talking about those games, you know, 15, 20 years when people are having the same conversations that we're having now. But like you said, and you, I'll, I will be fair, that is, that's true. It's going to be a conversation that we're going to have to see and we're going to have to wait to finish. But it does bring us into two really, really awesome whiskey questions. And since we're given our podcast listeners a little bit more into our lives and what we like i'm going to ask you this greatest whiskey that you've ever had what is your goat so if i really think about this i think it's a uh, you know it's it's a two-part question right so um we see a lot of our of our co um whiskey lovers break this out into either obtainable and unobtainable, right? Um, I'm going to go a little bit different and say the easy pick, you know, for everybody out there that, you know, you ask anybody on the bar at the bar this question, and then I'm going to go with a more thoughtful pick, right? Um, there are many, many whiskey lovers. And I think when you ask them that question, the first thing they say is Blanton's. You will come to know me as a Blanton's appreciator, but a, constant naysayer of its hype i think it's undeserved um, there are whiskeys in it in a lesser uh, price point and that you can find on the shelf eight out of ten times that are as good if not better so i would say that if blanton's was in a different bottle it would sit on the shelf and never be bought but blanton's bottle with a good whiskey in it plus the hype and plus all the fanboys make it unobtainable but still the goat in many people's eyes. My thoughtful answer on this is, and I haven't drank in a while, but I've got a bottle that's in there. Elmer T. Lee. Mm. I think when you think about the mash bill, it's history. The just unadulterated maturity of that taste, um, but still easy to love for everybody. It is one of the goats, but for me and what I have in my collection, it is my prized possession. 
So that same question back to you, Mr. Kurt. I know you're a little bit different uh, connoisseur than me. So you tell me what are what is your goat? Well, I'll, I'll keep it simple. I'll go with something that I've got my hands on in the store. Most people, you know, it's very hard every year, and it's going to get harder each year that they come out, and it's part of the antique collection, and it's just George T. Stagg. I mean, it is a solid, when I, when I taste bourbon, when I taste whiskey, that's what everything gets compared to. And I have had a, I've had a glass of, yeah, it's one of the first thing. Yeah. That not to catch off of that George T. Sag is one of the first, uh, first things you ever introduced me to. Yeah. And it, it's just that, that profile taste. That's bourbon. And I love it. And I've been very fortunate, uh, to get two bottles over my you know whiskey career and you can definitely you know there's places man there's places out there and i think it's a lot easier um than going on a whiskey hunt sometimes you go into these bars these famous bars uh you know one of the one of the ones that we of course have had a very good time at you know 1919 in san antonio uh you go into a whiskey cake in san antonio or houston you can taste these things and that is the best part of, uh, you know, what we've found over the years. So I've had a glass at a restaurant and I've had two bottles and I think it's just, oh, it's so good. But it goes back to that Buffalo Trace fanboy that I am. I mean, I love it, love everything about it. I haven't come across a bottle, a bottle of anything Buffalo Trace has made that I don't like. So I'm going to stick with my pick and I'm going to go with George T. Stagg Antique Collection. Um, recently released this year and of course I have not seen even a hint of any of them on a store shelf. Yeah, I was having a really good conversation with a guy at Specs today, and he was talking about some of the antiques and how fast they're going. Like, there are literally lines of people. Fun fact, it sounds like Specs is probably going to have a, a Black Friday sale. So if you're in Texas, you have a Specs near you, contact him, go talk to your local whiskey guy. They're probably going to have a Black Friday sale Will there, where they will have some antiques sent in that week and or at least distributed from the main warehouse along with some other hard to find wellers and really just a BTAC find in general. So we'll PSA there for you team. Nice. All right. That leads me to my second question about the goat. And it's probably just as famous as he is. I want you to think of a whiskey that you can compare to LeBron James's hairline. Starts off very strong. It's definitely there, but then in the back end, it's just nothing, and it's fading bad. All right, I'll uh, I'll go a little different on you on this one. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, a rye, a ten year, a completely different um, distillery, and one that I cannot afford the bottle I want to buy. But my next promotion, I am sinking a stupid amount of money into it. I'm gonna go with Whistle Pig 10-Year Straight Rye. Um, you and I have had this same bottle. I'm about to kill it here in the next couple days, likely. And that thing brings the heat up front. Um, good heat. Not nothing, nothing you're going to bitch about and cry about to your mommy. But uh, brings it on. Strong taste. And then it just finishes so smooth. What's and the proof on that bad boy? Uh, 114. 114. All right. Uh, and for those that are wondering, you know, that's a very common question. You know, what is the differences in proofs? And when we get into our NFL segment here within the next couple of minutes, we'll give you a perfect way 
to compare whiskeys and figure out a proof. We have a really good segment for that. And since we've already talked about it, let's go ahead and move into our NFL segment, man, because it has been a crazy first five weeks of the season, and I am ready and excited to talk about that. The next item up on our segment here is the NFL. Still very much in play. Um, we have our first five weeks of the NFL season wrapping up. My question to you, Kurt, is what have been your highlights and lowlights from the season so far? And, of course, why? Well, I'll tell you a lowlight was that Monday Night Football crew they had last year, but they've definitely stepped up their game listening to Steve Levy uh, give his rant right now in this game that's a little one-sided and a little bit surprising. Chargers over the Saints 20-10. to 10. More talk is going to be about Drew Brees and whether he's fading. I think that's one surprise we have to talk about. This is not the Drew Brees of old. Not fading young- like LeBron's hairline. Ooh, another shot at the hairline. The king. Texas boy, Drew Brees. I mean, that's holy grail on these, this part of the country. He's risking going two and three right now. That's something that I don't think anybody expected. Honestly, I think it's that time. Unfortunately, their backup is Jameis Winston, which LASIK, no LASIK. We just know Jameis Winston. Crab legs, no crab legs. Exactly. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens because he's waiting the Saints only have a short window to be successful. And I think a big part of that was going to be reliant on Drew Brees. And it's not looking good right now. And then it doesn't get easier. I mean, they got Carolina next week. They have Big Dick Nick two weeks after that. And then they get, go against the GOAT, Tom freaking Brady. So, I don't know. Do you, do you start thinking if there should be a switch there? Well, I don't know. Um yeah, I think so. They shouldn't let Bridgewater go. Um, you know, they had a, a solid. I mean, look what dude. We just talked about Carolina. You know, he he has he has a chance, right? I'm not saying to be a great, but to be a you know solid starter at least. You know, mid, yeah. middle of the pack. He's never going to be a uh, Mitch Trubisky. He's never going to be a Tom Brady. And, you know, and that's just watching this game right now. That's not even what I was going to talk about. You know, Drew Brees going down that. That regression that unfortunately, I mean, the guy's what over 40 is going to happen. What I was going to talk about, you know, you know, and what I was going to talk about was the Cleveland Browns, man. I mean, that's been one of the biggest surprises that I think it's not getting talked. It's definitely getting talked about. You know, OBJ was on Fox, you know, NFL Sunday this weekend and it's exciting, but everyone's kind of waiting for the winner. The Browns going to be the Browns and they've yet to show it this year. They have showed up. Now, last year, of course, there was high expectations. You got Landry. You've got OBJ. But at the end of the day, they are still the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But not um, this year. Not in this crazy, crazy 2020 year. All right. No. No, they're, they're definitely not. Not thus far. I mean, the important thing is that whenever it starts to rain, they cover all the furniture. And they've got to get that down pat first. And then they can actually start focusing on football. Um, but at the end of the day, they are the Cleveland Browns. They are always going to be the Cleveland Browns. They have the curse of Jim Brown. I really feel like it's inevitable. It's going to yeah. happen. And I, I yeah. feel I feel it in my bones, and I think most people in the NFL and the NFL fans do as well. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the Colts, that's an eh test. That's an okay test. I mean, they've beat the Cowboys, which – 
they're the Cowboys. They beat the Redskins. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Edit. They no. have beat they have beat the Washington Football Club. Wait, right. Is that is that football or football? I'm I'm still confused on that because the way they're playing, I think they think it's major league soccer out there. Come on, let's make it through our first podcast, all right? And they have beat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Next week, you've got Big Ben. You're in Pittsburgh. You're at Heinz Field. It's rivalry. Is Baker going to show up or are they going to brown their pants? What's going to happen? I don't know. It'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to see as they go forward. All right. So I think that's a great transition there, Kurt. So my question to you is what whiskey browns their pants every time you go to buy it? You think, Hey, there's a hint. There's a hope that this could be good. And then you try it and it just disappoints you time and time again. Just gets another quarterback, but same old disappointment. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, oh man, I've got it. I'm going to go Woodford Reserve here because for some reason I've bought it on several occasions and I've even up the ante. I've gone Woodford Reserve double oak. I just, I'm not a fan and I don't know why I keep giving it chances. I don't know if it's the, you know, the name, the, uh, what's well, a reserve? Great, the great looking label, you know, it's a great bottle. looking bottle. Yeah. You know, yeah great looking bottle. Uh, I'm watching a, and don't ask me the name of it. You know, our listeners will probably say, Oh, this, this movie, a Ryan Reynolds gambling movie the other day. It was actually okay. Mississippi gambling type story. He orders a Woodford reserve. So of course I go to specs the next day and I get a bottle of Woodford reserve. And give it another chance. And, you know, man, I'm just not a fan. And you will learn by by listening to our show to each their own. And if Woodford Reserve is your thing, more power to you. But, yeah, that's just when I hear Cleveland Browns, that's the first bottle I'm thinking of. And who knows? Because you know what? I guarantee you, in a couple weeks, I'll probably be in a restaurant and I'll probably order me a Woodford Reserve. I think that's a a great example of that. I'm not going to get into the, the long debate because I think you'll hear it more from me as I complain. Um, but bullet, bullet bourbon for me, I, I tried almost all of their um, different types. And to me, it always, always disappoints. Hey, their label kind so, of looks like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it does. It does, especially that single barrel. Um, so I, uh, I want to kind of, you know, reel us in just a little bit. There were some big things that happened in football specifically yesterday. Uh, with the Cowboys game, Dak going down, you know, we, we just talked about how traumatic that was. We were watching, I was watching the, uh, the Monday Night Football, um, halftime report as we record this and they blurred out that injury. And I have yet to see that on any sort of sportscast in my life. Maybe a, a sign of the times, but, uh, the last injury that I did see repeated time and time again on SportsCenter was Gordon Hayward. Um, and I think that was a lot worse. So that. And then we know that your hometown, Houston Texans, had some big news here in the last week, week and a half. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Huh, do we have two hours? I mean, <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you five minutes. You get your, your, your best cracks and what you think the Houston Texans really can resort to now, but I'll, I'll set you up with a question there at the very end to kind of sum it up. All right. Well, you know, Bill O'Brien, I was a Bill O'Brien guy. I believed in him. I, I, I believed in the process. I believed in the playoff trips. I thought he was he was the dude. I gave him credit. But, you know, eventually 
the whole we're a team, not individual, it kind of backfires when you're going up against all this talent in the NFL. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm hoorah-rah, I'm 14, whatever, whatever the saying goes. He just got rid of too many of the good players. And the head scratching got more and more as the years went on. I mean, you let go of Davion Clowney. Why? Their defense is just god awful right now. I think going into this last game, which thank God they play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who happen to be everybody's win their first one of the year team, uh, literally are the first team in history to play three teams that have not won a game. And guess what all those three teams did? They won a game. But yeah, I think there was nothing coming back from the DeAndre Hopkins. So yes, there was, there was not coming back from that. You know, he put a decent group of wide receivers together, which, by the way, hello, Brandon Cooks. Nice to meet you. Glad you decided to show up. Uh, it took the Jacksonville Jaguars, but welcome to Houston. Kenny Stills, Will Fuller. Will Fuller had a hell of a game, man. He did. By A guy by the name of Randall Cobb. I think if they're winning games and you're like, oh, look at this unit of wide receivers we had. See, it's more – there's not this focus on – DeAndre Hopkins, it's spread out, but dude, 0-4. I mean, that was the start of it. So, I mean, it was time for a change. I love the chin because we have the same one. That's the only thing that will remain of me of Bill O'Brien is the chin. Um, but it, it was time for a change and I've definitely seen moves in the NFL that made you scratch your head more. It, it's a, a league that doesn't forgive very easily. So yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. You talked about why do you, you know, why do you get fired? You know, you underperformed and a lot of that underperformance came in very odd times, right? You know, he would, he would, you know, have a good season or a good string of games and just like shit the bed. Um, and you as a Texans fan, I'm sure it's super hard to watch on that. Me as a Cowboys fan, I'm a reluctant Cowboys fan personally. I know what I drown my, my sobs or my tears in. So my question to you, Kurt, is what whiskey have you drowned more ounces of following Texans losses? Oh, that's a go-to, baby. That's a go-to. That's Sazerac rye. All Bring day, every day. And I know that we've said we've talked about bottles that you can go into the store. And we've talked about some really good ones, but we had to mm-hmm. for our first show. But this is one that over the years I've walked into the store and the price has gone up each year. But it is so freaking good. And then especially if you're trying to find the differences between a rye, you know, and a traditional Kentucky straight bourbon. I mean, that's one that I always recommend it. And I've recommended it to several of your friends and my friends. And I've never once heard somebody say, Oh, not for me. Because you know what? It's for everybody. I couldn't agree with you more. I think just most rise in general are going to be for everybody. They're not super aggressive. They're not going to smack you in the face. Um, I'll just compliment what you said with my go to is Weller Green Label, which is a weeder. So it's a lot sweeter in that sense. And I think. You know, we both kind of came into whiskeys in, in different avenues, obviously. I've told you my Zazarek Rye story, right? Where it came from? I think this is a great uh, great time for our listeners to hear it. So a buddy of mine bought it, and he said the sole reason that he bought it was because of the show Brockmire. Have you seen Brockmire? I have not. Dude, you talk about classy, funny sports show. Check it out. Not it, So it's not the league. No, other classic, other classic, 
you that's said classy. You, I don't think you can play fantasy football without seeing the league. But Brock Meyer, how is a guy who does the Simpsons? It's just like four seasons, easy watch, real, real funny stuff. First year, I mean, the guy's chugging Zazarak Rye left and right. My buddy goes and gets it. It's delicious. He recommends both to me, and I've been a fan ever since. So definitely check out both of those if you're into raunchy sports comedies and delicious whiskey. I don't think you can go wrong there, buddy. So we're giving a recommendation right now, The League and Brockmire. I have not seen Brockmire, but I will watch it. And uh, hopefully I can give you an update on my uh, revelation as it comes uh, to fruition. All right, so you're making me pour more of a class because we talked about the Bill O'Brien firing. We're talking about the Houston Texans. Now, for our listeners who are not too familiar with proofs, you see proof on a label, but what does it mean? You're talking about the hotness. You're talking about the spiciness of the, the whiskey. So the easiest way to transition into that and explain that is coaches on the hot seat. All right. We had another firing this week after Bill O'Brien. We had Dan Quinn. You know, it, it hasn't been so long since that miraculous comeback from the GOAT, Tom Brady, who lost to Big Dick Nick. But it hasn't been so long since that. Uh, and now he's, now he's gone. And, and you're talking about a guy who arguably had more success than Bill O'Brien because he did get to a Super Bowl. So I'm going to start you off, Dick. We're talking proofs. And we're going to go through three levels. You see the term bottle and bond. Bottle and bond has to be a hundred proof. There's some heat there. What coach yep. do you say is bottled and bond right now? Who, you know, this is a, this is a hard one, but I think, you know, when you look at last night's game, I'm sorry, yesterday's, yesterday's game, the Giants and the Cowboys, how can you not say Joe Judge? The man is, you know, he's into four games, four games. He's 0-4 at this point. Um, you know, first-time head coach. When you look at his coaching resume, I mean, this is just me being honest. I, I really don't see how he has the pedigree to be a head coach at this point in his career. Uh, he's younger. He's had coach on some, you know, some great uh, Patriots teams, some great Bama teams, but he was a special teams coach guy. I mean, he was, he was a wide receivers coach at first, moving to special teams, special team coordinator. How did he get a head coach job? And I think that is what a lot of Giants fans are sitting there asking themselves. And maybe they see something I don't. Um, maybe they see the, uh, you know, the future greatness, but I look at him and I see another Daniels. All right. Uh, I'll tell you my bottled and bond. And honestly, he's currently making me eat crow as I'm watching. I mean, I was kind of worried about Anthony Lynn. I mean, you're talking to Texas tech guy and, um, you know, he's doing some things to turn that around right now. I thought he was bottled in bond. I thought he was a hundred proof. I thought the seat was warm, but if he can get this rookie quarterback, which that whole situation with Tyrod Taylor, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, uh, not a, a fucked situation, not a medical doctor, not even going to go into that, but I'd say he's my bottled in bond. All right. All right. Okay. So I think that's a good one. My follow up question to that is, who is your old granddad? And for those who aren't familiar, old granddad is a secret. Don't pass it along. 114 proof, solid whiskey. You're going to get it for, and I think it's a 350 milliliter bottle. Could be a little bit more than that for about 15 bucks at your everyday liquor store. But it's a, it's a, it's a hitter. So Kurt, 
Who is your old granddad, 114? Well, honestly, I think you were talking about coaches that I don't understand how he ended up there. I don't understand what he's doing there, what they were thinking. That's got to be Adam Gates, man. I mean, what, what what has he done? Like, what did he do in Miami that you're, you're zero GM experience, but you're sitting here like, hmm, there's this guy, that guy, this guy, Adam Gase. Let's go for it. Let's give him a job. And the only reason I think he's at old granddad 114 right now is because he's dealing with a quarterback who we still don't know what he's going to be. Well, let's, let's back up just one minute. Talk about Adam Gase. Talk about him. Who is he? Well, who does he coach? For those of our listeners that are not football fanatics, maybe are bourbon fanatics, and trying to get that comparison. Okay, so Adam Gase was the coach for the, you know, Miami Dolphins. He bombs there, instantly gets hired for the New York Jets. Everyone remembers the memes from the press conference. His eyes are crazy. He's following the taco everywhere. Everyone remembers that. And here we are two seasons later, and, I mean, they haven't won a game. They've got a hurt quarterback. You've got Joe, one-year wonder Flacco, uh, who supposedly only performs well in the playoffs. The problem is he hasn't been back to them in a while. So that's the only leeway I'm giving him. And honestly, uh, I just it's still a head-scratcher. I don't understand why he got the job. I don't understand what he's doing there. And if you guys are like, oh, you're being too rough on him, well, he's in freaking New York, baby. He's got to be doing something good, and he's got to do it soon. He is the head coach of the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 who, in my opinion, are my favorite New York football team. So the, uh, the well, flip side. Well, you got two to choose from, buddy. It's not that hard. Well, yeah, but like I said earlier, I'm a Cowboys fan. I can't like the Giants. All right, so, Kurt, we just finished talking about Adam Gaze. I think your, your points are heard loud and clear for anybody that's watching football this year and hell last year. Who is your Garrison Brothers? Cowboy Bourbon, who is sitting at 135 proof, seat is really burning their ass and really does not have much leeway for the rest of the season, maybe even next week. I think he'll make it past next week, but the guy that I, I got to instantly think of is Matt Patricia. I mean, Detroit Lions, you're sitting there, you still got Stafford, who, I mean, he's just been... Poor guy wasting his career away in Detroit. He is not Stafford. But, I mean, you came in here. You're Belichick's dude, which, bring, I mean, can you even think up of, of a Belichick dude that has been successful? No, and that's the crazy thing. And I just want to say this. Everybody talks about Belichick being one of the greatest coaches ever, right, in the NFL, and all of his, you know, his prodigies that he creates going to get these great jobs. But your, your point is 100% spot on. We'll go a whole nother goat segment on coaches, I'm sure, later. But he is the polar opposite when you talk about that specific stat than Nick Saban. So not to derail us there, and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet tonight, but your point is 100% spot on, sir. Yeah. And, I mean, Brian Flores down in Miami, we we still got a while to go. Maybe that guy gets Tua in there and he gets going. But – yeah, Matt Patricia, man. You have you have Stafford. You've had some talent. You, I mean, the division at times. You're talking last year, the the Packers were awesome, but I think his first year it was a down year for them. And I mean, they're sitting at one and three, and it doesn't look good. So if I mean, if I'm thinking of that Cowboy Bourbon, which, by the way, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I've had Cowboy Bourbon. 
It's a high price point. I've almost, I've almost bought it one time, but we were talking about you sleeping on the couch earlier. I'm talking about like getting the divorce papers put together. If I bought that, I mean, that thing is what, what was the price on that one? Uh, I think if I'm looking at it, it's, it's secondary right now. Um, but I'm looking at 350. Okay. But that's another whiskey of the year, like prior in pre- previous years, right? Yeah. You buy it and it has a nice little metal on it and it comes in a nice box with satin sheets and the whole nine yards. Satin sheets. Does it, does it at least come with two condoms? Because yeah. Like I said, you're getting divorce papers, so you need the satin sheets now. Um, if you pick it up at, uh, Total Wine and More, you can get it for 215. That's retail, but, uh, nobody's getting retail on this bad boy right now. And see, our listeners are once again just counting the bottles that we've talked about that are not just walked into the store. I promise we will eventually get to that. But well, I this think is... we did. I mean, we talked about our daily hitters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like I said, this is our, this is our premiere. We've got to go big. We've got to sound like we know what we're talking about. And I think we do kind of so far. Maybe I do. I don't know about you. That's, that's yet to be seen. All right. Well, there you go. We hope you have a little bit better idea of what proofs are. The higher the proof, the more heat you are going to have. And I actually have a very high proof bottle that we'll talk about later on when we finish the show with one of our favorite segments. We talked Browns. We talked the devastating injury of Dak Prescott. Honestly, I've talked the whole time. Why don't you set me up with what you, what has been the big surprise for you this year, Dick? Like, like what has, what has you scratching your head? Like, where did this come from? You know, I, I, I kind of grappled with this when we were, you know, talking about these topics and what we were going to grapple with. GR. Sorry, I had to do that. Keep going. So when you talk about grappling with hard decisions and really trying to figure this out, I had to go to, uh, you know, our fantasy league and who's kind of been the uh, unsung oh, hero. Oh, okay. Way to make me, for me another glass, our fantasy league. <laughs> Man, I'm about to get my ass kicked tonight. I needed the uh, backup Chargers running back to uh, score like 30 points. So it's not going to happen. That's always a promising start to a sentence. I need the backup running back to have a big night. Anyway. Well, you know what? I You you say that, but you're setting me up even better, man. It's like you knew what we were talking about. Who was the starting running back for the uh, Jags going in the preseason? Leonard Fournette. Well, you started your sentence with the Jags. So I don't know. <laughs> Leonard Fournette, and uh, he got obviously went over to Tampa, and has with the uh, goat Tom freaking Brady with the with the goat. But I mean, they're they're paying a lot of money for that team that maybe have some has beens win a championship, but he uh, lost we, to we, Big Dick Nick in the Super yep. Bowl. Anyway, <sighs> exactly, and yeah. So I digress, but uh, I'll get to the point. James Robinson, um, the kid is uh, a stud. And I love these running backs. They come out of freaking nowhere. You know, the big name running backs, they have one or two good seasons, unless you're AP um, or AD, as we should call them, right? So the kid is a stud, comes out of nowhere, you know, goes undrafted, thoughts he thinks he's going to get picked up in one of the late rounds, maybe the fifth, sixth, you know, has two people call him at the end of the day. He got called by the Niners and the Jags. He says, you know what? I'm going to give the Jags a spot and I'm going to work my ass off. Put Leonard Fournette out of a job and come in here and if you watch fantasy, if you play fantasy, if you don't have him, get him. He only put up 10 this week, but he saved my ass the last two weeks before that. 
and he is a solid, solid player. I mean, looking at his stats in four games, 4.6 average. He only has three TDs, but then he's also got some great receiving numbers at 9.6 a yard, 183 through three games. He is a great flex. Highly recommend him. And you got to love, like, this guy's work ethic. Reports are, you know, he comes in humble. You know, he's one of the all-time rushers in Illinois history. Went to uh, Illinois State and starts just breaking records all over the place. Let's see. Didn't break no records against the Texans, buddy. Hey, 48 yards. I guess that's 5,200 yards and 40, 46 touchdowns during his career. So he's number two in their books of all time. So really got to love it. I, I love I remember these. when I played for the Jaguars. <laughs> Do you? Do you remember that? How did that, how did that work out for you? I'm just kidding. I suck at football. <laughs> all right. So that's, that's my surprise pick of the year. And with that, I think we can transition to something we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, my purchasing of the bottle I did today. And oh, are we already coming to the close of the podcast? Uh, we got our last segment lined up, yeah. Oh, nice. It's been moving along, buddy. Yeah. So, you know, my purchase today is putting me in this position, and the uh, first thing I heard when I actually – honestly disclose how much I paid for uh, Sam Houston 14 is what is your wife bitching about this week? Full disclosure. We often piss off our wives anyway. So adding a segment called what is your wife bitching about is going to be the least of our problems this week. And let me tell you, this is not the part of the week where we talk about us not doing the laundry or talk about when I see the bottles on the sink and I casually walk by them or I noticed the very foul smell coming from my little one's diaper, and I just act like I don't know what I'm doing. You just this spray some Febreze on it. Strictly, strictly a segment on the amount of money that we spent on whiskey that week. So we want to emphasize that this is not to offend anyone. Plus, this was our wife's idea. They are perfectly aware of it go figure you know why because it's quite obvious of how bad we are purchasing bottles every month uh we spend quite a bit of money on it so hey figured we may as well make a segment on it okay let me let me rephrase that for our listeners all right do not offend anyone this is not when i park on the line outside or i promise i'm not getting into specific details because these are things that i literally do but but Strictly on the purchases of alcohol. So, Dick, it sounds like you've already buried yourself a big hole. Go ahead and continue and lay out those prices for us, buddy. Sam Houston came in right about 98. High West came in right around 50. And then the Iron Root was another 50. So, set myself back about 200 bucks um, this afternoon. Probably going to be banned from going to the liquor store, even for extra wine coolers that I'll need. Um, for probably about a month. Oh, but you're gonna have to go back and grab me one of those Sam Houston's because if you're telling me that there is nine more bottles on that shelf, and I've gone to six stores looking for them, I mean, come on, what did I do to you, Dick? What did I do to you? You're just really laying it on me real hard, there, buddy. Um, That's my uh, my expertise, senor. All right. Uh, all right. So the wife's not bitching at me too much this week. Because my purchases were very reasonable. Hold for applause. Hold for applause. 
All right. She's still not clapping though. Um, yes, there's definitely, there's definitely much more for her to bitch about, uh, this week than buying bottles. I just stuck to the Maker's Mark 101. And as I said earlier, that was strictly to compare to my Maker's Mark cast drink, which I had bought last week. And again, it was probably the fifth time I bought it. It's delicious. It's bourbon. It's so good. Um, but what I did do is I kind of did a cancel out situation, I guess you'd say. Took her out. Fancy restaurant. Delicious. And they just so happened. I did not do this on purpose. I promise. I had no prior knowledge. That they happened to have one of the finest whiskey selections within a 10 mile radius. But, uh, I went, walked in there and saw a very pricey E.H. Taylor barrel proof on the shelf. And I know we talked coaches hot seat earlier. This came in at 1.30. Okay, this is straight from the barrel. So for our newbies, as we talked about the coaches on the hot seat earlier, 1.30 is up there. And it was a very pricey glass. I did get quite the look when the bartender told me the price. But you talk about just good, good. I mean, it was whiskey butter. It was thick. It was juicy. And it just covered my tongue. And, uh, sounds a lot still, like my specialty. We're still talking, we're still talking whiskey, right? Yeah, yeah. I anyway, think so. I will so ask was, you this. You have to interject here. How much was it? It was a $30 glass, which wasn't bad. That's not, not bad horrible. at all. Definitely not the most expensive single glass that I've ever bought, but not I, the most I, expensive you could have got. No, not, not at all. Uh, because there was the Holy Grail Pappy 23 on the shelf. How much and, is that running? Oof. Per pour. Let's be honest here. It's per pour. You're lucky if you get two ounces, it's likely going to be a one and a half. Man, you know, I've had it before. And of course, it is delicious. There is a, a whole conversation that we'll have on that next time. Um, but I've only asked for the price of Pappy 23 at maybe two establishments. And the first place was easily over 300 for a glass. The other place was in a, a larger city, and it was more reasonable, but it was still a hundred dollars for a glass. So, yeah, if you if you see that on the shelf and you want to try it once in your life, absolutely. But I think we've got to devote a whole segment to Pappy Twenty Three at some point because it's it's deserving of the conversation. We have that conversation. What we really need to talk about is secondary market too. I mean, that's Ooh. going to be an ongoing tirade of ours, probably. I know we both sit on the same uh, same stance on that uh, that subject, but we'll make sure to discuss those things in tandem because you're not going to get Happy 23 on the uh, retail market. It's just not going to happen unless you are blowing a store manager of a large chain. Oof, good luck with that, buddy. I've tried that route. It doesn't work. <laughs> and that is what our wives are bitching at us about this week. Um, that's going to bring us to the closing segment of our first official podcast is coming to the close in the books and it was fun it was exciting it was exactly what we thought it would be and we hope to continue it uh moving forward we'd like to close the show with a couple of things what are you walking in the store and grabbing this week dick if i'm going in the store right now and i am picking something up this is mid-october as we're recording this i am getting the old reliable buffalo trace it is release season gentlemen and ladies 
do not be afraid to try something new. If you see it limit one per customer, it's probably a good pick. So uh, yeah, Buffalo Trace right now. All right. And I'm going to reemphasize for our listeners, these are things that you can go in to grab. The name of this segment is What Are You Grabbing? These are things that we're recommending to you. If you want to get started in the bourbon game, you want to start trying whiskeys, these are the things that you can go in. We say grab it and give it a try and see if you like it. I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier, Zazarak Rye. It's delicious. It's sweet. It's in the Buffalo Trace family. It's one of those that if you want to drink it straight, if you want to put it on ice, which we're never going to judge, or if you want to throw that bad boy in a mixture like a delicious old-fashioned, go for it. It's a great starter whiskey. And if somebody tells you different, tell them to go fuck themselves, okay? Because I love it and I stand by it. As we close, we want to reach out to those listeners. We want feedback. We want questions. We want ideas. We want, hey, you guys totally suck at this part. We want total honesty because we don't think we can move forward without it. We want your opinion. You can email us at fourthdramandgoal at gmail.com. That is the number four. And then the rest of it is letters, T-H, Dram, D-R-A-M, and goal at gmail.com. We will be back in a couple of weeks, and we're going to go continue to talk about things in football, except we're going to transition to the college game. The Big Ten will be returning. Do we care and why? We're going to devote a whole segment to Pappy 23, as I said, uh, because it is the holy grail when you hear the, the name. You've seen it in movies. You see Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson ordering some in the movie The Internship. It's good stuff, and there's a lot to talk about. Dick, any closing thoughts? Really had a uh, good time. It's been a blast, and looking forward to uh, getting back to our listeners ASAP. All right. We're going to leave you with some positivity going forward. We'd love to end with your cheesy, cliche quote. And I don't think anything would be any better uh, with the Lakers winning the championship. As we move forward in this podcast, we hope to be successful. We hope to keep it going. We hope to get, even if it's just one new listener each week, I'm going to leave you with the words of the late, great Kobe Bryant. The moment you give up is the moment you let someone else win. Drink on, buddies. Drink on. Cheers to that.